Hello, hello. Okay. So if you have ever worked with me before, or um, if you have ever had a deep conversation with me about my business, about the work that I do, about how I operate in my life, you'll know that I am very, very much aware, very, maybe even more than aware, because I'm actually using it at this point. So um, it's not just mindful and aware, but informed. Okay. I'm very much informed about my cycle, right? Um, the cycle of the biological female human body and um, the different phases that we go through hormonally. Um, and I really desire to create a business where I am honoring my humanity, like I'm honoring myself as a human being. Um, and yeah, so I really like aim to cycle sync my business and cycle sync my life. And, um, and having said that now, I really want to share with you all of that. Um, a couple of things. I am at the phase of my cycle right now where I tend to kind of become forgetful of certain words. So I, it's not an ideal time to be creating a podcast, but I didn't want that to stop me uh, from something that I feel is uh, something that is helpful, right? Helpful for us in our relationships right now, I think in our relationships with our children, in our relationships with other adults. Um, this is like whatever age group, this is really helpful for all. So um, I really, and it's been something that I've been facing now that I'm homeschooling, like actually committing to homeschooling my children. Um, you know, if you know, there was a time where I homeschooled my children. I had them enrolled in a, a charter school that allows me to homeschool them and provide support to us um, to do that. But I had been working the 40 hours a week plus whatever overtime I was trying to get to save up money so that I can finally launch my business. Um, and now that I'm like committing to homeschooling, like to integrating that aspect of like, I was half assing it, right? Because I didn't give it my all when I was working. Um, my priority was my work. I woke up and I started work right away. And the majority of my day was work. And then I had like two or three hours before the kids went to bed to try to squeeze in homeschool. And I did that because I really, it was something really important to me at the time. I, 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 me and Jimmy decided to homeschool our kids um, because I, it felt right for me at the time that we decided to do it. Um, there were other external factors that kind of also got me in this creative mode. I got angry and I got creative and I decided to, um, to do it this way, right? to instill values that I feel would have been really important um, for us to learn, for me and Jimmy to have learned growing up that we didn't get in a traditional, um, in a classic school setting. So a uh, quick disclaimer, I do have my, um, my four-year-old with me today. I am actually doing this podcast in the in my kitchen. So you may hear some sounds in the background um, as my daughter um, plays around with certain things here. She's um, independently playing and um, she's getting really Picasso artsy, um, 
pulling out all the arts and crafts here. So if you hear anything in the background, that's what that is. And um, she will maybe from time to time, if she needs me, um, say something. So I just kind of want to name that here. All right. So today's episode, let's get into it. Um, today's episode is about reward or punishment. Which one is better? Which of these is a better tactic to use on our children and or our peers, our coworkers, our partners, our intimate partners, um, our friends, our family, whoever, right? Is it better to reward or is it better to punish? And just ask yourself for a moment, right? Like when it comes to rewarding people um, for things that they do for you, or when it comes to punishing people in order to get them to do things for you, or because they didn't do something that you would have liked them to do, right? Just virtual show of hands or just, you know, raising your little hand in your head. Um, how many of us are have done that? right? And I'm raising my hand here. You don't see it, but I'm raising my hand here because I definitely maybe unconsciously have been praising, rewarding, sometimes punishing um, because that's what I, that's in my toolbox. Um, It's kind of like my default setting from when I grew up and what was handed to me. Yeah. Sure. Can you place that on the side and I'll do that for you after. Okay. Um, so today I'm here, today I'm here to talk about which one is better. Well, I kind of want to take this call. Um, I will pause this recording for a moment. I'm expecting a really important call. Okay. Thank you so much for your patience there. Um, and okay. So I was talking about rewards and punishment. So they sound like opposites, right? It's either you reward or you punish, but really, I want to offer, and um, actually, I, I, I'm drawing a lot of um, uh, information from Alfie Cones. Um, he's a he's an American author and lecturer and writer on the areas of education, parenting, and human behavior. Um, Alfie Cone has um, written lots of articles, and I'm going to be drawing from one of his articles called "Rewards." Um, the risk of rewards, the risk of rewards. Um, and so I really wanted to, I think this is so important in relationships and also in um, our, like in our intimate relationships, right? Like, and when I say intimate, I'm not just talking about sexual partners. Um, there, you know, intimacy, when I say, when I use the term intimacy, I'm talking about um, anybody where you are sharing um honesty, openness, or wanting honesty, openness, um, emotional support, um, you know, uh, what else? Just like intellectual intimacy, right? Like being um, open about different things that I'm thinking about, different things that I'm wanting to kind of just like share with you, um, whether it be, and again, not just sexual, but um, let me get my notes up here. Um, You know, intellectual, like I said, emotional, experiential, right? We can experience intimacy in in our experiences. Um, we can feel like this expansion, this openness, this honesty, um, this depth. Uh, we can feel that in our spiritual intimacy with people too. 
Um, so it's not simply sexual, but on all of these aspects of intimacy, anybody that you share intimate settings with, um, whether that be, again, emotional, intellectual, experiential, spiritual, and sexual. Um, so this could be your parents, this could be your children, this could be um, your significant other, um, your multiple partners, any kind of face of relationship is, you know, is who I'm talking to here, right? And um, yeah, you'll hear me flip through my notes, but it is what it is. I don't have the, um, the best memory right now. Okay. So yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. And um, again, how many of us have used rewards um, to kind of let somebody know, yes, that's exactly how I want you to treat me or what I want you to do for me and punishments when we wanted our, like we want our children to do something for us or um, so we threaten them or we say you're being punished because you didn't do this thing. Um, so yeah, and I, what I was saying was that rewards and punishment, I want to offer that they are not complete opposites, that they are not like it's one or the other. In fact, they are, um, they are part of their, their different sides of the same coin. Okay. So they are the same in that sense. Uh, so Alfie Cohn says that research suggests that punishment and rewards are actually strategies that amount to trying to manipulate someone's behavior. Right. So, um, when you offer a reward, you are in power and you are the one manipulating the person's behavior. So you're saying, yes, that is good. No, that is bad. You're the one labeling good and bad and kind of hurting um, whoever you're in relationship with to go one or the other side. Now, and this is based on what your, your preferences, this is based on what you want or what you need. Um, it's not really truly allowing the other person then to ask what kind of person do I want to be like, so these behaviors of punishing these behaviors of rewarding then kind of has your, the person that you're relating with, um, in this case, I'm going to refer to my children because this is what's relevant for me right now. As I go through homeschooling my children, um, I'm seeing where there's a lot of parallels in, in the way that I either reward or punish or reward systems that I had in play that didn't feel right to me. So this all came up because I didn't feel right about having a reward system. My daughter keeps asking me for rewards. Like she wants something in the end. So if I do X, Y, Z, can I have this thing? And I was like, okay. Um, you know, I was trying to kind of delay a little bit because I, I didn't want to say yes or no right away. So that's kind of what I've learned in my life is just, I used to, yes, like people please, or um, feel weird about saying no. Um, so I was kind of like delaying on the that question. And I was like, what is the delay? Like, what am I feeling? Why am I delaying? And um, how can I express to her like what I'm feeling right now? So I was explaining to my eldest that, you know, let me do some research about, um, what I think is the best approach about getting something that you'd like to buy, right? Um, and I'll share that approach with you in the end of this, if you're curious. But for now, just to stay relevant here, she wanted to do a reward system. Um, basically, like if you've ever 
seen like, you know, like a sticker system where you, you get a whole bunch of stickers. And when you receive X amount of stickers, then we can get this reward for you. Right. Or, um, maybe like, um, I've seen like reward boards before where it's like, there are lists of things to do on the board. And it's kind of like, like you're on a board game and you follow that thing. And every day you do the one thing on that board and it, and then it, it, it gets removed off the board until you get to the very end of this windy road. And then the end is the reward, like going, and it's a big reward, like going to Disneyland or something. Right. So it's like you do all of these things to earn this, this beautiful like family trip to Disneyland. Now I'm not saying that those like any way is wrong. I'm not like labeling it as good or bad. Um, But what I want to offer is, when we do those things, we're no longer allowing the other person then to ask, what kind of person do I want to be? What kind of person do they want to be, right? Um, rather, what happens is they start to ask questions like, like if you, if, you re- if you were to make a request to them, can you do your homework? Then it becomes um, like, what do I get if I do it? What will I get if I do it? And we don't want, like, I know I don't want my children to become, this is like where the entitlement comes in, right? Well, you'll get this if you do your homework. Um, That's, it just doesn't feel right for me. It doesn't feel good for me. So I just want to offer this to anybody out there who maybe feels the same way. Maybe you feel like in your gut, it just doesn't feel good to be rewarding or punishing. And you're just like, I don't know anything else. It's either reward or punish. And it's so binary, right? Like, and um, I'm I'm noticing that so much of my work has like has honored this nuanced space. That when my daughter came and asked me this question of can we, you know, do like a reward system, figure it out so that I can get this thing, I was just like, mm, yeah, this doesn't feel good to me. Let let us figure out a way. Let mommy figure out. Um, a better way if there is one, right? Like, and if there isn't one, maybe we can create one. Okay. So um, the studies are showing that rewards have a similar effect, not just on, so we're talking about behavior here, rewards impede behavior, right? Um, But not only does it impede behavior, uh, rewards have a similar effect when it comes to achievements. So when people, when people are expecting rewards, they don't perform as well as people who expect nothing, right? So listen to that one more time. People expecting rewards don't perform as well as those who expect nothing at all. And Alfie Cohn says that this effect is robust. He uses the word robust, which I love because I was drinking coffee as I was reading this. And I'm like, yes, I totally get what robust means. Um, This effect is robust in young children, older children and adults and adults. Okay. So even though I'm applying this in my homeschool with my children, this is something that I'm learning through homeschooling, like with my relationships with like my peers and my coworkers or my colleagues and my husband, my parents, right? Um, Rewards cause people essentially then to lose interest in whatever they were rewarded for doing. Think back in your life 
if you've ever done something and then you got rewarded for that thing and then just kind of after a while lost interest? Have you ever had a parent who rewards you with maybe praise? It doesn't have to be something. It could be tangible or intangible, right? But it can it can be intangible. It can be praise. Have you ever had a parent reward you with praise or a teacher who's rewarded you for pra with praise? I had a friend tell you a little story here. I had a friend who, um, who had put on a good amount of weight. Now this friend is really close with me. And, um, and so just kind of, but for privacy, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to name her. Um, she was like, not like her frame growing up was, um, she was pretty like small, right? Like her bones weren't big. Um, she was pretty small. And then she had gained a good amount of weight, right? Um, I'd say somebody who is maybe like five, 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 and um, an average weight of 120, right? And now she was nearing at this point like 200 pounds. Her mom, who was honestly concerned about all of this weight gain, she was really, really concerned. Like she, of course, like as a mom, I, I have so much empathy. I totally understand that like there are health concerns, but her mom never actually honestly expressed her concerns about her health, um, about her well-being uh, to her daughter, right? She She's never actually like sat down and had this vulnerable conversation with her, um, but rather she, but she, she would always like, uh, um, explain to her daughter though, that she would like her daughter to start working out. She just never, like, she just totally bypassed, like having the maybe deeper conversation, um, maybe attuning to her daughter and relating with her daughter. Um, rather she just kind of jumped that and said, I want you to work out. Like, you know, you need to work out. And, uh, the mother gives her like workout routines, um, gives her, um, advice gives her, um, like, yeah, just like, I guess videos on YouTube, maybe, um, it gives her all of these things that first of all, uh, daughter never asked mom for these things. Right. But because her mother is so concerned, she started to offer all of these things that were never asked for from her daughter. Right. Um, and at first, you know, at first, the daughter, of course, the daughter has expressed that she has wanted to lose some weight. Um, I think the daughter has expressed um, wanting to at least get to a place where she feels good and feels healthy and her energy is back up and uh, her hormones are regulated and stuff like that. But she's never actually asked her mother to give her anything. Um, she's just kind of expressing herself, talking, and um, and then mom gives her all of these things. And when, when my friend actually started to do those things, her mom began to praise her like, yes, you're doing the thing. It's so amazing. Da, 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 da. Like all of this praise. And then, um, her daughter kind of started to lose interest in, or like lost motivation in, um, whatever she started to do. She kind of just like dropped in motivation, um, and stopped performing stopped exercising altogether. Right. Um, 
I just wanted to share this very simple and maybe relatable um, example of how we usually, when we start to reward people with um, even something as intangible as like praise, um, when we start to say like, wow, that is amazing. You know, um, you're doing such a great job and, and all of this stuff, like people can really feel, I think people start to kind of feel that um, the behavior that they are now doing is kind of being manipulated by the person who's having them do it, the person who's praising them to do it. It starts to kind of feel ingenuine, right? Um, or can feel that way. So I just wanted to bring up that example. So in a way, um, we can see rewards as like controlling through seduction, controlling somebody, um, making something really seductive, attracting people to certain things, but we're kind of manipulating that to happen when we reward. Um, and then I really want to bring up, this is one of the things that I learned as a coach. When I was going through um, coaching, one of the things that really stuck with me is that we, when I'm in a container with somebody and they're sharing something with me, a lot of the time, what tends to happen is we start talking about things, right? I tell you the story about when I go into coaching, for example, um, not as the coach, as the client, let's say, I come in and I step in and I'm like, okay, hello, I'm meeting the coach for the first time. And I feel like I need to talk about my life with you because you need to know about the context. Um, I need to tell the stories and I need to um, just keep talking about things, right? And by talking about those things, one, I notice that physiological changes happen in my body when I'm talking about those things. Uh, like I start to get activated again, triggered. Um, and I'm just talking, but I'm talking about them. You know, I'm not talking from the heart. A lot of the time I'm usually it's like cognitive. I'm in my head about it and I'm talking about it. So what I learned in coaching, the, the biggest thing that I learned in coaching is we want people to talk from their experience and then to be with them in that experience, right? So as a coach, my job is to have you speak from your heart, drop down into your body, speak from your heart, get vulnerable, open up, you know, become completely honest with yourself. And then I'm going to join you and I'm just going to be with you through that, right? It's not something like you go to coaching and the coach is going to do something to you. I, I, that irks me, right? Like I don't want somebody to come into my space and I'm going to do something to them that fixes them. I'm not there to fix them. All the work has to happen through you. If you're coming to see me as a client, all the work has to happen through you. You are doing the work. You are the creator of your own life. You are the creator being you're here because you want to claim your life. You want to reclaim your life. You want to, um, you know, own that you're the creator, you, you are here and you're ready, um, to be great. Right. And I'm here kind of as a guide, I'm here to hold the container, to have you feel safe so that you can explore so that you can try different things, try on different things that you've never done before in your life. Um, I'm here to hold the container for you so that you feel that safety, right? 
And so you can access internal safety for yourself. I can't make you feel safe. Only you can do that. But I can help create an environment where you feel safe enough to try to access internal safety, to try different things, to role play, to, to, to model something differently, to write a letter if you've never written one before to somebody who means something to you, right? So it's really important that you see this as you're not doing, um, it's, it's less about doing something to somebody, right? That like, I'm not going to, I'm not here as a homeschool teacher to my kids to do something to them, right? To fix them and make them into something. Um, I'm here to be with them. I'm here to work with them. I love that with, um, the, um, uh, what is it called? Ah, preposition, the preposition with. I love, no, it's not preposition. Yes, it is. It is. It is. I'm telling you my cycle is, um, I'm actually like ovulating right now. And so I tend to get a little foggy in in the brain, but this, this time around, I actually did have really, really amazing energy, which I really loved. Um, so I'm doing something you know, I'm tracking and I'm making sure everything's good here. Okay. So um, going back to rewards. Yeah. Think of it as like, think of it as when you're relating with somebody, um, you want to start to think about how you can be with them more. When we, when you felt the most comfortable, um, it's, it's most likely because you feel like somebody was with you doing something with you on the same level with you versus somebody doing something to you, which makes you feel a little bit like skeptical. Maybe you feel resistance um, because you feel like somebody's doing something to you. Um, maybe you feel um, like, what's another word for resistance? Like you just kind of feel like it's not from you and somebody's making you do, you kind of feel like a puppet after a while, right? Like I'm doing this thing to satisfy you. Um, do rewards motivate people? Absolutely rewards motivate people. In fact, studies show that when we give stickers, when we give the gold stars, when we give praise, all of these things actually do motivate people, but it only motivates them in a very shallow way, right? They're motivated to get that praise, to get that gold star, and that's where it ends, and that's where it drops off. It then doesn't allow for the person to kind of extend beyond the thing, to go, what's the next level challenge, right? The challenge is the gold star, and then they get the gold star, and then they drop off. So most likely, when the rewards disappear, the behavior doesn't stick either. So it's not like it has lasting effects on the person that you're rewarding. Once you're gone, and I tell this to my husband all the time, um, he's actually a military person, right? Like he was in the Marines. Um, I, I'm more about like kind of praising people, um, which is something that I'm working on. And then his his work is in working on the punishing or threatening um, as a Marine. He was threatened a lot, right? And so it's kind of like, this thing that was drilled in his body to, um, or drilled in his head that you need to threaten or take something away to motivate somebody to do something. And I keep, you know, I tell him all the time that, and, and by, by saying this out loud, I'm also saying this to myself, when we remove your threat, when they were 
when they are older and they're living on their own and they're not, they're no longer threatened by you or another, like their significant other or some other like kind of, and something that some body that um, is threatening them, will they continue to do what you're asking them to do? Right. Again, um, the flip side of the coin is if they're no longer receiving the reward, right, then um, as an adult, will they continue to do it without mother's approval? Um, how will they learn how to like organically from the inside out um, grow good values, right? I have this image of like blossoming, um, like plants they start from the seed and they grow and they organically grow from the inside out, right? Instead of impeding with like dangling um, uh, goods in front of them, right? So yes, rewards absolutely motivate people, but it the cost of it, this is really important here, the cost of motivating people in this way of rewards is they lose interest and they lose the ability to be excellent, right? Um, to live in their zone of genius. Um, maybe you've heard me say that before. So we need transformation. The Basically, the bottom line is we need transformation in our schools, in our relationships. And that is the reason why I decided to homeschool because I felt this. I've been feeling this, you know, the education system for me lacked something um, that I've always been longing for, which is this like this growing from within, this connecting to myself instead of separating from myself and and being like cognitive about everything. And as adults, having learned these systems, right, going to traditional classical schools um, where we learn these systems of reward and punishment in in the case of my husband, the military, right? like, um, there are huge costs to that. Like, I don't know how to lead from my interest and be excellent because of these things. And because I started to recognize that I began to homeschool my children. Um, in the case of my friend and her mother, um, as an adult, my friend, you know, the, the story that I brought up earlier, my friend was perhaps in this phase, personal development, where she is trying to differentiate from her mother right? She's trying to separate now as a, um, the, as a being that has agency, autonomy, sovereignty, and um, become an individual, right? And in feeling her mother's desire to motivate her or manipulate her um, behavior through praise, my friend is now beginning to hear the wisdom from within her body and move away from the motivation via praise, right? The motivation that keeps her basically tethered to her mother and her mother's approval. So rather than helping people develop their own criteria for success, praise creates a growing independent, uh, a growing dependence, excuse me, um, on securing someone else's approval, right? This is basically a recipe for codependency. Um, codependency starts here right? I am, um, yeah. And then we get tethered to somebody and we need that person or that thing to kind of keep us um, motivated, keep us going. Learning is devalued 
then, you know, like the, the, in conclusion, learning is devalued as it is seen as a prerequisite to someone's approval. In this case, we're talking about like, I'm talking about the teacher and student with my children. Um, this can also be seen in relationships where you have, you know, you and your partner or you and your partners. Learning is devalued as it is seen as a prerequisite to someone's approval. Someone's approval, the praise is the end. It's the result. And that is what I'm working to get. It's no longer like I'm learning because I love learning because I'm driven by my passion to learn this thing. Let me reach for more. Let me, let me find it. Let me be hungry about learning about this thing. Um, oh, okay. I got mom's approval. I don't want it. I don't want to learn anymore. I got it. You know, um, good values have to be grown from the inside out. So just, again, bringing that image of the flower blossoming, you know, like it's just like from the core, from the center, and then blossoming outwards and like reaching and opening. So I just want to leave you with that visual, right? Um, I think a lot of the, if you've worked with a coach or you've worked in support groups or you've worked in places where you're longing for support and you're longing to be um, to feel independent and autonomous and like, just kind of notice that, right? How we're trying to connect back to ourselves, our bodies, our core, our, um, to come back into like claiming our being and how we're growing and expanding in that space versus how, um, you know, maybe, as an adult now, you're seeing how your life, as you kind of like look back on your life and the way that it was, just like how many of us feel like um, the growth was stunted. Um, like we use the word impede, right? Like that rewards impede behavior. Um, how every time somebody dangled something in front of you or punished you, how it kind of just stopped the learning. It stopped the interest. It stopped like the passion. And, um, and yeah, so now that we are aware of this, now that I've brought this here to you, what I would really love is like for us to start imagining a world. Basically what I'm saying is schools need to transform. We need to transform the way that we work with people. Okay. Like I, I feel like, yeah, like, you know, we, and then we wonder why, like, um, like the behavior, this, the impact of this is, you know, like huge because if, if good behaviors aren't sticking, right. If, if, um, good behaviors aren't sticking because we've been rewarding and that's how we reward students in schools when they get out of school after college or whatever it is, when they become like, why do you think that there is a growing, like the numbers of like anxiety and depression and mental health issues are growing. That's the, that's the pandemic right now, right? Like that's the epidemic is like, we have like all this growing mental health, all these growing mental health issues. And if you look at the results and the numbers, I don't have them in front of me, but it's so huge. And people in their early twenties are freaking like, you know, thinking that this is the end of their life and they're freaking out and all that stuff. And I totally empathize with that. And here I am, I'm trying to, who wants to work with me to create solutions? Let's do it. Anyways, um, I will be signing off now, and I hope that this provides um, some level of insight um, and, and conversations for you and your loved ones.